Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Oh, my golly, am I filled with excitement today? Oh, I'm all tingly because our esteemed leader, President Joe Biden, is going to emerge and deliver comments. What will he have to say? What types of complete sentences will he attempt to form? And most importantly, how many times will he refer to Kamala Harris as the president? I'm Brian Baker, Ethan Hatcher. We are in for the vacationing Tony Katz. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, Biden is uh, set to give a speech here in just a couple of hours, so that should be very exciting. But don't worry. No major lockdowns coming, according to Jin Psaki. This is not a speech about locking the country down. This is a speech about outlining and being direct and clear with the American people. Well, really, it's about Biden wagging his finger at us, isn't it, Ethan? Right, I was about to say, that sounds like a speech about blame. Yeah. Laying blame rather than, uh, you know, uh, blame or... Letting you know that if you don't get vaccinated, then you are personally responsible for uh, severe illness and death for everyone, including your families. So, uh, and, and the hospitals that you may overwhelm, according to the White House press secretary. Now, here's the interesting thing. Uh, part of this speech today, they're going to announce that they're sending out 500 million free COVID tests to homes. So if you would like to play the COVID testing game at home, they're going to send you one of these kits and you can try it out. Uh, but here's what Jen Psaki, or Jen Psaki said just a couple of weeks ago about sending out kits to Americans' homes. Why not just make them free and give them out to, and have them available everywhere? Should we just send one to every American? Maybe. Then, then what? Ha- then what happens if you if every American has one test? How much does that cost? And then what happens after that? See, I don't understand why they always have to take a defensive posture, Ethan, because they set themselves up now for us to just tear into them when they uh, change their strategy. I could have used a free test, honestly, uh, the other day when I went to the Bill Burr uh, comedy stand-up when he was in town because I didn't realize that uh, you were required to present your Vax card or test negative, and they made you pay for a test on site. So, you know, hey, in this case, I would have been grateful for a government handout, (laughs) and I could have used my free test to get in instead of shelling out 40 bucks on site. 40 bucks? 40 bucks? What a racket, man, right? Now, is is that part, is like uh, the Bill Burr testing kit? You know, uh, the marketer in me sees an opportunity here to, to brand. That's a good show, too, right? Uh, Bill Burr. I- oh, yeah. I mean, I've, absolutely. What I appreciated was he geared a number of his jokes to the local community. I mean, you know, exhibiting a, a degree of talent and research in his yes. act. Well, uh, Biden today when he speaks, which I guess is going to be around 2.30, 2.45 our time. Depends on how long it takes to, to rouse him and uh, get him upright. Uh, he's going to be delivering those comments. Also planning to deliver 1,000 military personnel to hospitals to help set up some of these federally run testing sites. So I guess they are anticipating that there's going to be mass chaos and uh, lots of people will be getting sick over the holidays. So we'll have that to, uh, to look forward to. Omicron is now the dominant variant. So uh, that's uh, I'd say that's actually kind of good news, right? right? I mean, if you're going to get COVID and if you're going to get one of the variants, this is the one you want. <laughs> it's got its first <laughs> official death, and that took a while for it to build up. Um, another yeah. another piece of news which kind of seems to be eluding the media is the fact that the flu season now for the second year in a row seems to be virtually non-existent. So if you're going to overtake a disease with mm-hmm. a new disease and that disease is Omicron, which seems to be fairly non-lethal, then 
why aren't we celebrating? Yeah, it seems, it seems like good news to me overall. Well, and one death. So essentially, you know, one person has died here in the U.S. Uh, from the Omicron variant. You know, so more people die in a given week in Indianapolis from gunshot wounds than have died from Omicron so far. But nonetheless, Fauci is out sounding the alarm, telling Americans that they've got to be careful. They've got to watch what they're doing and uh, make sure to get vaccinated, wear your masks. He was on Meet the Press uh, over the weekend and had some comments and yeah, it was the usual doom and gloom. Uh, on Friday, there's been a, on Friday, you suggested that it might be less severe. We've seen a lot of a new study out of the UK that seems to be perhaps sending a mixed signal. What can you share with us this morning on on where Omicron is and how much of a threat? Here it comes is? the fear. Well, the one thing that's very clear, and there's no doubt about this, is the extraordinary capability of spreading its transmissibility capability. <laughs> It is just, you know, raging through through the world, really. And if you look even here in the United States, you have some regions that start off with a few percent of the isolates that are positive now going up to 30, 40, in some places, 50 percent. So, yes, there is this uh, issue of whether or not it is or more or less severe. The information we're getting from our South African colleagues still suggests that when you look at it totally okay i've heard enough of him you know the fact is is that uh we can look at the data too because the the mainstream media they are all over it they have stopped doing the daily uh, covid death count because well you know now that trump's not in office anymore and we don't want to ha have to blame biden for americans deaths or we're shifting the narrative here so they're not doing it anymore i'm glad you mentioned the data and the death count because that's something specifically i wanted to bring up how can you continue to call it a pandemic of the unvaccinated mm -hmm. when now we're sitting at a point in time where we have uh, e existed with covid the pandemic for as equal a length of time without the vaccine as we have with the vaccine and we seem to be experiencing a roughly equivalent amount of death and transmission rates with the vaccine as we did prior to its release. So how can you continue, continue to call it a pandemic of the unvaccinated, especially when the vaccinated are continuing to contract and spread COVID? Like, <laughs> well, to, to be fair, the people who are dying from it are unvaccinated. And to be fair, when you're vaccinated, you stand a significant chance of lessening your symptoms if you contract COVID. Nobody's here is uh, cautioning you against vaccinating no, yourself. No, that's, that's I, what I you think the, do. the idea when they say oh, a pandemic of the unvaccinated, it's they're saying, ah, oh, if the unvaccinated are the ones who are dying, which is pretty good propaganda, but uh, but you they're know. not dying as in as great a numbers with Omicron. Yeah, see, the true. Thing, they're they're not pushing <laughs> they're not pushing the narrative though from a place of concern. They're pushing it as you're going to be responsible for the deaths of other people. And I think that's probably one mm. of the reasons that there's been so much resistance from the general public people not wanting to get vaccinated is Americans don't like to be told what to do. They don't like it when uh, when the president comes out and wags their finger at uh, at them like he's going to do today. And so people are going to be naturally resistant to that. And look, I have talked to people. I have a lot of friends in California who God bless them. They are hardcore Republicans. They continue to stick it out for God knows what reason and, and fund their own demise by paying taxes in that state. But they were very much anti-vaccine, even though they were pro-Trump. And of course, we have the vaccines thanks to Trump's vision and uh, Operation Warp Speed. And I just talked to a friend the other day. She decided she was not going to get vaccinated. Uh, she was not going to wear a mask. She was going to go about her life. And of course, she wound up getting sick been in the hospital for two weeks 
and they're treating her with all the alternative treatments because, you know, once you're sick, my understanding is you can't be vaccinated. you got to wait until after you've ha- had a certain period. How could they have phrased it better? Because I, I do agree with you, Brian, 100% that if you tell people to do something, they will want to do the opposite. The Biden administration was saying you have to get vaccine, you have to get the vaccine. That was a bad play. Is there a way they could have done it better? Yeah, but I don't know that you, you could have... I don't know that you could have done it with just a, a basic elevator speech or a, a couple of branding headlines. And I, that's, you know, people, that's generally what they respond to. It's very difficult to people to talk to people when they're getting emotional about an issue and actually have something uh, sink in with them. Yes. Well, they also respond to honesty. And you have one shot, okay? The American people gave the government their shot. We, we dealt with the lockdowns mm-hmm. and we took the vaccines. But it's not worked as advertised, especially when the vaccines were sold as the means to end the pandemic but now more than 60% of the American population stepped up and stepped forward to get their vaccine and we're not seeing a result so it would have been better instead of the government uh, over inflating and overselling what they could what re- a response we could do if they would just give us the information that you know Give us a more clear accounting of the information. Let, let us make the decision. Um, give it, you know, let us understand that yes, if you take the vaccine, your symptoms will likely be lessened, but it's not a cure all, which I think the, it was what it was initially sold as. Yeah. I forgot to turn my mic on. <laughs> I'm out of habit. I don't have to do that when I'm down in Atlanta. I'm just on all the time. Uh, yes, well, we've got more mixed messaging coming from Fauci. Uh, a couple of more comments from MSNBC, but also I want to talk a little bit about what uh, he is now telling the American people about masks that's going to be coming up here in just a couple of minutes ethan hatcher brian baker in for tony katz at 93 wibc top you know the the ceos of the top airlines said that on an airplane you are actually safer uh, than you are uh, in an icu the the protection with the filters filtration system they have they were suggesting that they're really isn't much of a need for a mask on an airplane. Are we gonna get to the point where we won't have to wear masks on airplanes? I don't think so. I think when you're dealing with a closed space, even though the filtration is good, that you wanna go that extra step when you have people. You know, you get a flight from Washington to San Francisco, it's well over a five hour flight. Even though you have a good filtration system, I still (laughs) believe that that masks are a prudent thing. Uh, fun times Fauci giving his advice. Uh, over 100 million travelers expected over the weekend and uh, over the holidays, rather. So if you're going to get in an airplane, make sure that you wear your mask, even if you are vaccinated. Uh, Brian Baker, Ethan Hatcher in for Tony Katz today. Now, I did a little research, Ethan, because Dr. Anthony Fauci, he's, he's kind of shifted back and forth here on uh, what to do with the masks. And we are seeing the increasing pressure for people to get vaccinated. The rhetoric has become more and more aggressive. And Yet in that same interview, Fauci talked about masks and which masks we should wear, and he did acknowledge that N95 masks, that's going to be your best bet. However, cloth masks are perfectly fine. Now, here's where the mixed messaging comes in. As I look at this, if we've got a 95% shot with your uh, when you're wearing an N95 mask, those are 95% effective at filtering out virus particles versus 37% for cloth masks. So I got to ask the question, 
if this virus is so incredibly dangerous and this is a horrific pandemic that threatens our economy and threatens Americans' lives and we got to get the vaccine, why are they not pushing aggressively on what kind of mask we should be wearing and pushing the N95s or the surgical masks because they're readily available now? Because the surgical masks aren't as effective messaging, it's the symbol of having the mask over your face and the presence of it constantly to remind you that it's a pandemic that it's a time of a pandemic that we're in mm. and it's all i mean at this point it's almost a form of propaganda i mean the, the ceos are acknowledging the air filters are more effective and then you here you have fauci saying like you said uh you you can wear a cloth mask even though it's only 37 percent effective so the, the it's not stacking up and it show it just to me it shows that it's more about the propaganda than the reality. Well, CDC spokesperson uh, Jade Fulci told CNBC that the CDC continues to learn more about the effectiveness of different types of masks and respirators for preventing COVID nineteen. Now I don't know about you, Ethan, but the people that are telling me to get the vaccine and telling me no, it's perfectly safe, and we 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 we've done all the testing on it that we need to know, but we're still trying to figure out masks. You know, masks have been around for quite a while. I think that maybe I'm going to get somebody else's word on uh, vaccines and whether or not it's safe to inject my child who's five years old. The, re the results of our internal investigation has revealed we're <laughs> innocent of all charges. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of which, uh, you know, the, the boosters, I, I've not had my booster yet, Ethan. I don't know about you, but... Um, it, it, Okay, so producer Ari, you you've gone, you've got to. I've been boosted. You, you get excited about going to get these things. I don't you? hate getting sick. I don't care if anyone else gets their booster or vaccine. I don't want to get sick. So give me all the shots. I'll take a booster a month. Just don't get me sick. Okay. But you know you can still get sick even with the vaccine. Well, my chances are limited, Brian. So I'm going <laughs> to no, be a. No, they're not. No, no, no. Breakthrough infections are not all that rare. Anyway, I guess Donald Trump made the same decision for himself. You know, the guy that uh, championed the vaccines, he and O'Reilly. But uh, their supporters aren't liking that too much. Both the president and I are vaxxed. And uh, did you get the booster? Yes. I got it too. Okay, so um... oh, don't, 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 no, no. <laughs> that's all. It's a very tiny group of. Yeah, except it's not really a tiny group. It is almost as though, uh, you know, you see the tribalism right there, Ethan. Mm -hmm. It's as though if you make that decision to get the booster shot or to get vaccinated, somehow you're a traitor to your political party, and this is so damaging because here we are talking and, and trying to push the case that, listen, you want to get vaccinated, that's fine. If you don't, that's fine. People should have the right to choose. And then you see this reverse pressure. Now we're, we're upset with people for saying, yeah, I went out, I got vaccinated, uh, yeah, I got the booster. Have we, our memories that short that we forgot who is the guy that actually uh, is responsible for bringing the Right, for Operation Warp Speed, I believe was what they called it at the time. To me, I think this is... I, <laughs> It's a fascinating display. I think Trump is in some ways a victim of his own success. To me, this incident kind of reveals that he was tapping more into a mood in the 2016 election rather than being the master and progenitor of it. Um, so, you know, so now he as he breaks away or as his opinions shift, right. he's not the, he's not in control of the message and his supporters are booing him. And that that to me was fascinating because you know Trump before now has been considered to be unassailable to uh -huh. by his base you know what i mean but here they are they're booing him and o'reilly well, you know, fascinating i don't know that that trump really had any strong principles on anything when it came to some of these issues i think that you are right i mean he kind of he told people 
what we wanted to hear in order to kind of remain at the forefront when he was running for president. And there was a lot of rhetoric. I mean, look, when he told us Mexico was going to build the wall, we all knew that that, you know, we, we all knew wink, wink, that's not going to happen. When he talked about getting rid of Obamacare and replacing it with something better, we knew that wasn't going to happen. But ultimately, why did people go out and vote for him other than the fact that Hillary Clinton was a, just a horrible candidate? Because it was about the policies that he was pushing and what we knew it could do for the economy. And man, when it got, when you look at Trump's presidency on a policy level, uh, he got it right so many times, so many times. Comparably, he got the pandemic more right and the pandemic response more right than the Biden administration has because the Biden administration has more tools at its disposal while the Trump administration was figuring that stuff out and still kept the fatalities to a relative minimum in comparison to now when the vaccine is able to be dispersed freely. Yeah. Uh, so Biden going to deliver comments around 2.30 today. He's never going to get out at that time. He's always late. There's no way he's going to show up there. But we may be around, so uh, we'll carry that live if that happens. He's going to let us know about those new testing kits that are coming out, troops being sent to some of these federally uh, set up hospitals, and uh, letting – I think he's walking back some of his language. He's They released his comments and some highlights from the speech ahead of time, and we've seen now that they're kind of softening their language a little bit and saying he's going to tell Americans that – they should get vaccinated they should be careful but they don't have to stay away from their family and shun them over the holidays so i think that people were so outraged at uh, at, at the finger wagging that they're trying to back off a little bit now and maybe make an adjustment so they don't make too many people upset haven't you noticed it's kind of become an annoying trend in politics to become to be fashionably late it's almost like a power flex you know like oh yeah. you gotta wait on me and so we're gonna be 15 minutes oh, 20 minutes joe hour biden late. has ever been fashionably anything okay <laughs> <laughs> you're right i mean I, it does say something about respect for the american people doesn't it i understand there are logistics it's probably difficult to shuttle the uh, president from one place to the other especially when you're dealing with joe biden who you know can barely walk to begin with so uh i, I understand that but yeah the, that's a great point ethan trump was always late for press conferences but you honestly assumed that he was doing something in the meantime when joe biden is late you're thinking you know he's, what he's, what's what did he did he fall asleep on the toilet did he <laughs> Did he, did he spill something on his shirt? Like, did they have to they, do a quick outfit change? Yes, like that's, they, there's a difference. <laughs> I got so much heat for that when he uh, went over to the Vatican and I wrote the articles about <laughs> it. Oh, oh, my goodness. All right, so uh, Senator Joe Manchin, he torpedoed uh, Biden's Build Back Better bill. Well, the president's been having a rough time. Uh, his approval ratings are in the toilet. And now uh, Manchin has pushed back against the White House and the Democrats trying to flay him for his decision and for having some integrity and some common sense. We're going to be talking about that coming up here in just a little bit. And also, Ethan, we got to talk about what happened to my family and I when we went to the Indiana State Museum to ride the Santa Land Express. That's coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Brian Baker, Ethan Hatcher in for Tony Katz. You're listening to 93 WIBC. been shaken to my very core. I feel like I need to crawl over into the corner of the studio, curl up in a little ball, and just cry for a little while. I haven't had that feeling since my first prostate exam. Brian Baker, Ethan Hatcher, in for Tony Katz. So we're sitting here during the commercial break and having a little chat uh, amongst ourselves, as men have a tendency to do. Visiting, you know, we haven't seen each other in a while, and we start talking about Donald Trump and about elections. 
And then something comes out of producer Ari's mouth that was so startling. Oh, God. Uh, that, uh, I, I, I had to ask him to repeat it. And and now I got to I gotta ask you to repeat it again. Y- you voted for Joe Biden? I did, yeah. What was the thinking behind that? Ari? I've explained this. I've, I've explained it on the air. First of all, I live in Indiana, so I knew Trump was going to win. My logic for voting for president, and people are going to say this is dumb, the president doesn't affect my life. Explain no, how it does. No, no, no I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. You can say, oh, gas prices are up. I still buy gas. It's more expensive. I'm lucky enough to be able to afford gas. Well, Trump gave you a tax return for $1,000. That was great. I didn't need $1,000. I vote for president based on who I like more. And you can say, Ari, that's dumb. And you know what? You're probably right. But that's how I vote because the president doesn't affect my life. There are people out there whose lives are dependent on who is president. Now, I can empathize, but I don't vote for that. Now, I just want the listener to take that in because that's what we're up against. That's why the country is in trouble. That's why it is so difficult to speak rationally to people that are on the other side is that they're completely irrational. The that's way that how, they, they What did I say that was irrational? The president has Tell me how. Let me use a favored word of the show. The president absolutely has a an impact on your life. Tell me how. You didn't see what Joe Biden did on day one when he came in and signed all those executive orders and killed all of those jobs. You're talking about you personally instead of looking at 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 the the general uh, effect that it has on America and on. That's a very socialist view to have, Brian. No, it's not. It's not. You're telling me that you don't want a president in the White House that's going to do things that put America first and and give us a robust economy. I was told that I don't need a boyfriend president. I just need someone who gets the job done. The guy who gets the job done for me makes no makes no difference. I went from Bill Clinton to George W. Bush to Barack Obama to (sighs) Donald Trump to Joe Biden. My life didn't change. Explain to me why I should care. Here's why you should care. Because when Joe Biden's policies start to impact the economy... Guess who's going to be the first person to lose his job? It ain't going to be the people at WIBC. They're in the management positions. They start cutting the little people. You're right. If I lose my job, you will be completely correct. Until then, I have nothing to worry about. Well, let's also talk about how the president impacts the economy and the role there. If you want to talk about how it, it, it impacts you personally, Ari, okay. I'm a property owner here on the east side of Indianapolis. My cost of doing business has increased mm-hmm. exponentially over the last year. It was easier for me to collect rents, to do imp- real imp- real world improvements to properties here around Indianapolis that have a trickle down beneficial effect on the city. So, and it's not just me as a small business owner, that's lots of small business owners around the city that has an impact on you and your pleasant experience here in the city of Indianapolis. If we're not able to do our improvements, then the general quality of the city goes down. That's an outstanding point. I haven't felt it. I haven't. Bum, 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 bum. What, Until you I, driving it, around? You, got, you guys have to understand, I the points you're making are great, mm-hmm. and they're not wrong. By the way, I, I can hear you. You have a microphone. The points you're making are great. <laughs> they're you. not wrong. You have to understand, until I feel it, how am I supposed to believe the president impacts my life? Ari, by I've the time 20, you feel it, it's too late, man. Give me an example. Like, again, like, I you, haven't you didn't benefit. You didn't benefit from the Trump economy? Not enough to make a difference. Like, again, like, I, my life didn't change. Again, had I lost my insurance when Obamacare 
came into place, I would have totally been on your side. Yes. But I was too young. I didn't have insurance. You know who you sound like, Ari? You sound like Seth Rogen saying, ah, it doesn't bother me when my car gets broken into. I can afford it. You guys That's are just looking the price at me of living that in LA. I, yeah. You guys are looking <laughs> at me that I'm totally unaware of the surrounding circumstances, and I'm not. I'm telling you, the president doesn't affect me from my perspective. I haven't heard an excuse from either of you yet that convinces me that, oh my hey, God. We just gave you them. No, we you just didn't. Laid them. Oh my God. You did it. Okay. My life has changed. You know, I actually appreciate Ari's viewpoint. I disagree with him vehemently, but I appreciate his viewpoint because he's articulating a surprisingly large contingent of the American population and evidence of why personality and character matter. Because well, I was told by the Trump supporters, oh, it does doesn't matter what his personality is like. It's his policy. It's his policy. And yes, I appreciated many of Trump's policies. Trump's policies were beneficial, but look at how his personality alienated enough voters yes. like Ari and the beer factor matters. That, oh, well, you know, I, could I have a beer with a guy? It I would have voted for Trump had he been a nice guy without question 100%. Look, I don't care, if, he, I don't care if he's a, yeah, there it is. I don't care if he's a nice guy or not, but I will say, Ethan, you're 100% correct that personality and character do matter. And I think when you are reevaluating what happened and why Trump didn't get reelected, we can talk about all of the things that went down and the, the, the mailing out of the ballots. And we can talk about whether, you know, there were uh, other issues at play and the pandemic certainly had a negative impact. But ultimately, you know what I think is, is mostly responsible for Donald Trump not getting reelected? Donald Trump mm -hmm. and his Twitter account. Aren't we going if, to be talking about this later in the show about civility in politics? So this is going to connect later with ideas that we'll be discussing. I yeah, thanks that. for reminding me of that because I was I was getting ready to just uh, maybe have to ring Ari's neck. All right, good for you for for uh, for at least uh, offering up your point of view. <laughs> so are you part of the the uh, the Biden uh, group? That's uh, what are we taking calls now? Uh, someone was calling in, and I literally answered, and then I heard screaming, so I put it down. But what was your question? They, they sound very upset. No, I don't like—I want to be clear. I don't like Joe Biden. I don't. I think he's an idiot. I totally think he's an idiot. But I still voted for him because I was like, you know, what's, what's the worst that can happen? And we're and here we have to convince you, but your but your uh, justification if Ron is because you know if Ron DeSantis great. ran right now, I'd vote for Ron DeSantis. But Donald Trump was such a tool, I couldn't get myself to get there. And you can say, Ari, you're too emotional. Maybe I am. That's the deal. Convince me not to be. Nobody has. See, that's the problem, right? And, and when people get emotional about this instead of just thinking it through from a logical perspective. But let me tell you, I mean, you, you told me you, you got a birthday coming up. Well, you're going to turn 30 tomorrow, Tomorrow. Right? Yeah, all right. So um, happy birthday. And I say that uh, I, with genuine love. Happy birthday Thanks, to you. Thanks, Brian. Because yeah, I, I do love Ari. And uh, one of my favorite people in the building, as a matter of fact. But uh, I, you save uh, this segment for yourself and play it back when you're 40. <laughs> oh, I can guarantee you when I'm 50, I'm going to be like, God. 29-year-old Ari was such a dumbass. Well, it's a shame that, uh, you know, you having your uh, growing up experience has to have such a negative impact on the rest of our lives, but so be it. You know. But aren't I glad that I can look back at it now on radio and in recording and say, look, <sighs> I've learned a lesson. Aren't you glad you were here for that lesson, Brian? By the way, when you picked up the receiver, I'm on the other side of the studio. I could hear that guy yelling. Dude, I know. I put down the phone to me. He was like, I, I literally was like going to answer the phone and I just heard a blaze of anger. That was not okay. All right, listen, we were supposed to talk about uh, Senator uh, Joe Manchin, uh, him uh, torpedoing Biden's Build Back Better plan. And then 
Uh, Democrats went after him for it and tried to make him out to be public enemy number one. And guess what? It didn't work in their favor. It pushed him even further away from uh, the negotiating table. We're going to talk about that coming up in a couple of minutes here. Brian Baker, Ethan Hatcher, in for Tony Katz on 93 WIBC. Ninety-three WIBC. Brian Baker and Ethan Hatcher in for Mr. Tony Katz, taking a little time off. Ari didn't get time off. Had he voted for Donald Trump, he probably would have gotten some time off. But, nah, yeah. I get. I'm taking my honeymoon next month, man. <laughs> Congratulations on that, by the way. Thanks. So, you know, uh, Ethan, uh, there are a couple of holiday traditions that my family likes to embrace. Every family's got their own little special thing they do. Did you grow up in Indianapolis? I did. Okay. So you're like, what, 29? 29. Okay, yeah. 30 next year. Okay, so you might be a little too young for this, but when I was growing up, the big thing to do, and my brothers and I, we just loved this, was we would go to LS Airs downtown, and then we would ride the Santa Land Express, and they had it all set up like the North Pole, and you would go and see Santa, and then afterward you would go and you would make cookies, and it was just a, it was a warm, wonderful time and a, a pleasant memory in my childhood. Well, Indiana State Museum... God bless them. They brought that back, right? They have the original train, but that's just on display right now. They, they kind of made a larger one so that parents can go as well. <laughs> you know, and it's like a, they had to make it uh, be able to accommodate some <laughs> some larger folks. So so they got this bigger train now, but it's basically a replica of the old one. Uh, they don't do the cookies. And every year we've taken my daughter, who's now five, we've taken her to go and ride the, uh, the Santa Land Express. And, and she loves it loves it looks forward to it every single year we go with my folks it's a great time so we go down there yesterday we pay for the tickets and then what do i discover it's not there the airs displays the little window displays with the uh, the characters they have these little uh, these these beautiful window displays and then the the train that we ride every single year it's not there and what's there instead some kind of, uh, I don't know what they called the, the train. It was like, uh, you know, some kind of a Winterland Express, uh, something to that extent. It wasn't a train. It was one of those trams that's designed to look like a train, right? You know, like they have at the mall. Okay, you, okay. so it's been sanitized or sanitized. Sanitized, right. N- no tracks. Goes through about three different rooms. No references to Santa Claus, to Rudolph, nothing Christmassy. It was a winter wonderland theme where we go through and we get to see squirrels that have kind of been partially animated. And I, I, I believe that they had a, uh, a woolly mammoth that was out celebrating in the snow. And then uh, yeah, the most exciting part was that they, they dropped snow on you. But it appears to me, and maybe I'm wrong, but it appears to me as though they're doing a little test run here because the uh, the LS Airs crowd is kind of aging out. And so maybe they're trying to uh, to appeal to the younger people and bring folks in. And, and that's what's going on. But I will have you know this. My daughter is not happy about it. My daughter, who is five, was already putting together strategies for how she could dismantle the existing train <laughs> to force them to bring the old one back. And I hope that they're planning to do that next year because it would break my heart if I have to give up that piece of my childhood. I want nostalgia over uh, new and better. Is it woke nefariousness or is it just indicative of a faltering economy and cost-cutting measures? See, is it cheaper to just you know spread across the little cotton and call it a winter wonderland well, no, than I, invest in the deluxe Santa mannequins? You know, I, I don't know. I'm, no, there I'm were no, to make it there were no deluxe Santa mannequins. That, so that's that my point. Like, it's cost-cutting measures. They, well, they 
might be but costly. But here's the thing. No, it, it's not cost-cutting measures because they had to do all of these little animated uh, characters, these wow. little uh, characters in the woods. And it's three rooms now instead of just the uh, the tracks that essentially it was in one little room, you know, and you go around like three or four times because it's so short. But it was fun, right? So uh, they told us that they were, I guess, going through and they were restoring all of the LS Air's uh, stuff, that the train had broken down. But the the display that they put that put out this year was quite extensive so i don't know that uh, you put something like that together quickly you know you get the train out of storage and oh no you know what we, we've got to do some renovation work on this thing and uh, and then you just sort of shift and that's your b plan because the b plan was quite extensive and i will say and this is the part that upset me the most there were a lot of people in line and that hasn't been the case in years past Normally, it's just like uh, two or three kids are there. It's very easy. And uh, let's face it, we just go for me so that I can ride the train. But I'm sorry, a a tram is not a train. If it doesn't have tracks, it's not a train. It doesn't count. Yeah. (laughs) You have any, like, uh, special holiday traditions in your family? I do. Uh, I was raised as one of Jehovah's Witnesses. So our holiday tradition was going around and knocking on people's doors and informing them that the Mm. uh, Christmas was actually tied to the Roman Saturnalia as a way to appease pagans in their celebration. You know, yeah. so actually, uh, Santa is Satan's means of enticing Christians into false worship, and that was my holiday tradition. Oh, so uh, how did how did that go over with the folks you visited? <laughs> uh, they think they, they think Christmas carolers are showing up, and instead, yeah, we message. got a lot of dour responses. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's uh, crazy. You did it every Christmas? Not every Christmas, but yes, sometimes we would go out, and it would you know special. Field service, field ministry activities. That's, as a ch- uh, like, did you enjoy as that as a child, or? Was it like there, ah, I hate there this. were there were points that I enjoyed it? Yes. Wow, that's crazy. You know what? That's so interesting. I I, I love learning about uh, new religions and stuff like that. That's great. And did people ever uh, did folks invite you in at any point? Is, we yeah, did yeah. not get much holiday cheer yeah. nor any convert converts <laughs> no. that day. No, they didn't invite you in. Well, <laughs> so, you know, here's the other thing uh, about going and, and seeing Santa Claus right now. Down in uh, in Peachtree City, where we live. We went and saw Santa. Santa looked lovely. He looked like he was straight out of a Coca-Cola ad, you know. It was a tra- traditional kind of uh, you know, rosy cheeks and very fluffy. And I, I mean, it was Santa. He, he was doing good. And and my daughter sat on his lap, and they had a nice visit, and it was fantastic. And then we we went ahead and we visited Santa since he, he was up here this week, and we saw him over there at the Indiana State Museum. This time, uh, due to the COVID restrictions, he was wearing a mask. He was wearing no, one of the face shields. How magical. How magical to see Santa! Santa is not immune to COVID, apparently. Oh man, they yeah. don't have the vaccine up at the North Pole. No, they're very busy, Ethan. You know how many toys they have to make? They don't have time for <laughs> COVID procedures. And then they had to. You know, he sat down and he asked my daughter's name, so I think his memory is going a little bit right because he knows all the kids' names. I Probably mean, a side effect of COVID. I mean, he's <laughs> which shot asked, did <laughs> which shot did Santa get? <laughs> did your daughter yeah. even notice? Did she say, why is Santa wearing a mask? No, I mean, it really, I was the one that was primarily upset about the whole thing. Oh, so you know? she, as long as the experience was good for her, then that's all I care yeah, about. Yeah, she had a great time. That you it? were upset, I don't really care. It's like children's sports. It's the parents who get upset. Exactly. <laughs> you ever play Little League Baseball? <laughs> I'm going to write a very strongly worded letter to Santa about uh, the accommodations and the arrangements this year at the Indiana State Museum. Uh, No, I'm sure that uh, this is probably just a temporary thing. Maybe they'll have both next year, right? 
You can accommodate all people. My uh, So I am Jewish, but my wife is Christian. So we celebrate Christmas at our house. We have the tree up and everything. We've mm-hmm. talked about doing the whole elf on the shelf, taking the yeah. kids to see Santa. And so I've never experienced it in my life because I'm Jewish. So I'm really excited like to do it well, okay. in the future. So like I don't, like all these criticisms or whatever like are not weighing on me. I'm like super pumped to do this. Are you going to put the Star of David up as the star for the tree? I'm very short, Ethan. I can't reach that high in the tree. But, but we're, we're we're doing a Hanukkah Christmas celebration. But, but yeah, we're, we're I'm I'm super Ooh, yeah, pumped menorah to meet Santa. ornaments. Make it a crossover exactly. celebration, no, man. I, uh, I would love to meet Santa one day. Yeah, you know, we did the tree this year, and what I've discovered is that ornaments over the years, yeah, you, you kind of got to pare back a little bit, you know, and hope that right now we got the dog, and I'm kind of intentionally uh, getting the dog to to chew up a few of the ornaments that I want to get rid of. Because Mind you, too, kinda, it's yeah. a pain. Uh huh. Yeah, we we. We got one one year, right right after a uh, uh, my wife had a miscarriage. It was a baby with wings. Well, that that warmed my heart. That was great. Way to end the hour, Brian. Yeah, that's something you want to look at. Hey, uh, Facebook Meta now. They've got Horizon World. It's a virtual reality world, and we're only a couple of weeks into it. And uh, the sickos, the perverts, they've already messed it up for everybody else. We're going to talk about that here at the top of the hour. Brian Baker, Ethan Hatcher, 93 WIBC.